Hi, I'm Adam. I'm Kai. And I'm Malin. This is We Like Games. Adam likes games. get started um so i'm gonna do the number fact again because i lost the quiz i was so close to winning i listened back to it and i like i was in a role there for the first two questions and then i just lost it so as a punishment that made it more exciting it did it yeah. did you have some redemption uh, uh chances today yeah so as a punishment i have to give you guys the number fact this time so, for anyone who doesn't know what the number fact is, is uh, it's basically just based on the number of the episode. So today it's episode number three, and we're gonna talk about. I'm gonna give you a fact about the number three that is somewhat remotely related to video games. Um, but first, I want to just say what this episode will be about, <laughs> uh, and there's a reason why I'm sort of going back on this. So, in this episode, we will talk about um, VR and sort of the state of VR, and we will also discuss. Um, a VR game that we've been playing. Uh, we will discuss uh, the game Super Hot in VR. Um, so stay tuned for that. With that in mind, I'm going to start my number, uh, my number fact. So considering that we're talking about VR today, I feel like this I, this, this number fact required a very long uh, disclaimer. No, this time. no, it's not the disclaimer. It's just in theme, and I just really want you guys to know that <laughs> this is why I picked it. So it's number three. Um, and what better is it to, t what, what better theme goes in line with that, with, with VR than 3D? So okay. I'm going to talk to you about the first uh, commercially available 3D game. <laughs> wow. And when I'm saying 3D game, I'm not talking about 3D graphics. I'm talking about stere stereoscopic 3D. Okay. So it goes in line with VR. So I'm thinking 3D is like a way of playing. Um, you see sort of your objects around you, and that's what you do in VR. So it fits perfectly well together. <laughs> For our very uh, slow-minded <laughs> listeners who now also understand what you're what? talking about, let's get this started. <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to tell you what the first uh, commercially available game was uh, in 3D, and it was called Subrock 3D. Sub rock. Sub rock. Sub okay. rock. Sub. It's not a K there. It's S U B R O C. 3D. That 3D, actually. Okay. Subrock. Um, and this was cool. an arcade game that was released by Sega in 1982. So it was pretty early for a 3D game, I think. In my opinion, that seems pretty early. Um, so this was a game that was revolutionary at the time. Uh, so it was, as I said, the first commercially available game in stereoscopic, uh, with stereoscopic image. So I think there were certain experiments like displaying, like, rooms and like images in 3d before that but this wasn't a game that you could actually go to the arcade and play uh, back in 1982 um and the idea behind this was that you were how did a, the stereoscopic thing work in that i knew you would ask that um it was very similar to what uh sort of some was some 3d how 3d works today um for vr it was sending different images to each eye and so did you wear glasses? You did wear glasses. It wasn't glasses. This was more like a head thing. So you basically, like, you had your arcade machine and you'd, like, placed your head in this sort of machine. It, it was a bit like a... The thing is that the game was, like, you were in 
the game was taking the perspective of being like a submarine driver. So you were sort of in the submarine and you saw the outside and then you were sort of moving around to shoot uh, things that were flying towards you. Mm-hmm. So it felt a bit like it looks like the, the, the yeah, well, we put an image in the show note, but it sort of looks like a bit like a submarine headset that you sort of like monoculars that you sort of attach to your head. Mm-hmm. So it sort of fitted the style. I feel like this was pretty unhygienic to be in a arcade now in hindsight, considering that like everyone would have used this. Um, Malin, all arcades in the eighties were yeah. unhygienic. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, so you basically like went and put your head there and then you had a controller underneath. You couldn't see the controller, but it was, you were holding it and then you had to shoot enemies flying towards you. And the way it worked, Kai, was that you had two different, uh, diff- different images being displayed on the different eyes. And then they were actually like spinning discs inside, like for each eye as well, that were having half uh, see-through plastic and half like a, color like a black plastic mm-hmm. so that worked as like a shutter so it shut each uh, it shut every it shut the like the eyes uh, as it kind needed of alternating to, between. Yeah, it alternated the shutting uh, in order to actually display different images for the different eyes and that gave you 3d effects okay um yeah and they were using a they were using like uh, sprite scaling in order to actually make it appear to be 3D as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had like sprites that they were scaling up as they moved towards you, so it made it feel like it's a 3D effect. And you had to shoot down different things flying towards you. Seems pretty cool. Yeah. When you so first yeah. mentioned this and that it was in 1982, my first thought was, mm. wait a minute, I, I was playing arcade games in the 80s. I haven't heard of this. Uh, so I did a quick uh, Google search. And now that I've seen what it looks like, yes, absolutely. I, I remember this game. I would not have remembered yeah. what it was called, but I absolutely played it. It was certainly not like a game no. that was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. We're going to play it a lot. The, it was a little bit of a okay. gimmick. I think the gameplay itself was kind of like, eh, whatever. But uh, <laughs> I definitely remember it. And it it definitely worked it was it was indeed 3d okay did you did you ever play a game called turbo turbo the racing game yeah 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 Yeah. so apparently they used the same hardware um the the same hardware in order to make the 3d sprites um work for this for this game yeah i can see that Mm. yeah turbo was a very early racing game i think it might have even been before pole position uh which was a much more popular racing game but yeah it had the it definitely had the sprite scaling was a hmm. notable feature. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's my number fact this week. Cool. Or this very cool this, this episode. Yeah. Um, should we move on to VR gaming, which is our main topic? Yes, we should. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to your question is yes. Otherwise, yeah, cool. podcast but over. I'm also curious, what would you have done if we would have said no? <laughs> I don't know. Which I had a monologue, I guess, about my experience with VR gaming. All right, uh, but I feel like you've heard enough that, about so me. Yeah. So uh, let's talk to you guys. What do you? How, how do you two feel about uh, VR gaming? Um, I think it's very different from the experience that you got in 1982. Um, yeah, and you bit. can actually play VR games. In your home, in the comfort of your own but home. I'm, I'm curious, what was your... Like, we kind of figured out now what Adam's first VR, like... I mean, I guess it's 3D. What was your... Do you remember your actual first VR experience, Adam? Uh, like, something where you could move your head and things move? Oh, with head, head tracking? Yeah, that was yeah. recent. That was PlayStation VR, for sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Nothing in between? 
Like no, I know. I think you the know, 90s there were those kind of, kind of uh, what arcade-ish demo uh, mm-hmm. systems. Uh, no, I never tried any of that. This this was my first. Uh, no, I take it back. Um, Google Cardboard was my uh, yeah. Uh, was so I was wondering, first. does Google Cardboard count? Because I would say that was the first one I owned. I tried something else before that, but. I think Google Cardboard. Is that really counting as a VR yeah. game, though? It felt more like I mean, a it's, demo. Well, but yeah, it's but still. it's a VR system. I mean, anything that can kind of put you in the world with some limited amount of head tracking, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I consider that real VR. Mm. Yeah. And what about you, Kai? For me, it was in the. I tried to research this. It was kind of hard. It was sometime in the nineties. There were there was one in Berlin. There was one VR arcade that was kind of specializing in. The, different vr experiences and there were two that i tried to play but as i mentioned in an earlier episode uh, all kind of arcades were 18 plus like you have to be at least 18 in germany to be allowed in so my sister kind of did sneak me in so i could play one of the games but they wouldn't let me play the shooter because they said well he's clearly not old enough to play a shooter i don't think you even had shooter games in in germany yeah so there were two there were two games one was the one that i I don't know. I, I felt like they were kind of loosey-goosey about the rules they were enforcing. I don't know why I was allowed to play the space shooter, but not the uh, on-ground shooter. But the space shooter was the one I tried. It was kind of like a spaceship, and you look around and you shoot stuff. And the other one was... If, it was a first-person multiplayer shooting game. We would kind of run around, and it, it, I don't think you shot bullets. You kind of shot, I don't know, some kind of rubber things. and It was more like paintball. Like... Uh, uh, the visual style was more around paintball. And but you were I, not allowed to play that one. I was not allowed to play that one. <laughs> so my first experience was... Too that, violent. I, uh, was that... I I think they call it a... I don't know, cyberspace cafe or something. But it was like this kind of weird VR space shooter game. For about 10 minutes, if even. Because I was terrible at it. And Aww. arcades, right? And you, you tried... For $10. Die, and then... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, VR arcades are in particular very expensive at least in germany it were uh and when you die your, your game session is over so the better you get the more game you get out of it i wasn't good so i didn't get a lot of game out of my ten dollars yeah. um but that was my brief experience and then yeah cardboard and then to to like an oculus quest after that hmm. all right so we have an oculus quest and are you still using the um the ps what is it called VR. the psvr Yes, Adam? yes, I am. That's still my main system. I did get a chance to try out an Oculus Quest for like 10 minutes, just playing some of the okay. demo games uh, a few months ago, mm-hmm. but uh, I have not done any serious gaming on it. All right. So I think um, we're going to kind of briefly talk about what the core difference is, I think, between the Quest and the PSVR, because I think there's kind of probably two core differences, right? The PSVR, first of all, you need a PlayStation, right? You connect mm-hmm. it to your PlayStation, it is wired to that thing and mm-hmm. that one does all the rendering similar to what a pc vr headset would be like just that the playstation replaces the, the pc and because it was kind of retrofitted to the playstation 4 you don't have a proper hand tracking instead you're using i think move controllers is that right yeah yeah so uh so you have a camera in front of your uh 
yourself that looks at you playing, tracks the move controllers in your hand to kind of simulate hand tracking. So that camera is not part, it's not a camera that's attached to the headset. That's a camera that you have in that's the right. front That's right. So the camera's usually standing where the console is standing, looking at you. Yes, yes. The, the headset itself and the move controllers have bright colored lights on them that allow the camera to... Uh, do the tracking and plays along along with built-in um, Gyro. excel- yeah, gyros and yeah. accelerometers mm. and things. Mm. So, but it's like one camera that looks at you and kind of sees sees the objects in your hands and okay. on your head. So that means that you couldn't turn around. And, That's right. Yeah. Uh, mostly. I mean, it, there's lights in the back of the headset, so you you can turn around okay. to to some degree, but it it's not designed for long-term play uh, yeah, yeah. facing away from the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's also, so that means the controllers, right? If if the controller is yeah. kind of like obstructed in any way, like the, the, the there's no direct pass from the camera to the controller, it can't see it and therefore it can't do anything with the input it's getting. And then the the Oculus Quest is kind of the, kind of I think the newest entry into the VR space is a completely independent headset. So it the headset has everything inside that it needs for the VR stuff to work. So there's essentially an Android phone in there, like an uh, Android-powered uh, system. Uh, it has the batteries on board. It's not so actually. Like, you make it sound like you attach a phone to it, no, but it it's an independent in thing. It. Yeah. But it's it kind of, hardware specs-wise, it's kind of a low-powered Android phone equivalent. has batteries right inside of it. It has two screens, one for each eye built into it, and has four cameras on the front of the headset that could see the outside world mm-hmm. and anything else that's in, in the viewport of those four cameras. And then you have two controllers that you hold in your hand um, that have like a tracking ring around them, kind of designed for kind of higher refresh rate tracking and then all the gyro stuff as well. And because they use the cameras to track it, it is um, what they call a room scale, but it's essentially, I think you can go all the way up to a football field sized <laughs> game environment. Yeah, nice. that's how big my rooms are. <laughs> But it's like they they look they use they're using the cameras to actually look at your room, determine certain um, uh, points of interest that they use to track you around. So you can actually walk around in the room, and you can and that makes you move around in your virtual world, mm-hmm. which is kind of I think the next in kind of from the freedom and immersion kind of the next step because you don't have any wires right you have everything for for the processing is built into the headset and then you just have the hand controllers and there's no no setup in your in your home you don't need cameras there's no obstruction of anything yeah, yeah. Uh, so- and you the, you're only limited by the physical size you're in because uh yeah if you have a larger apartment or a larger house or or backyard i mean it doesn't work in super bright light but like if you're if you want to play outside even that is possible and just uses whatever it finds to kind of make itself use those as tracking points which is kind of cool mm-hmm. uh, and kind of makes it a lot more portable and also like allows for way larger scaled experiences yeah um i think that was that's something that was really appealing to me. i think in general i've always thought that vr gaming was quite appealing like it seemed like a pretty cool concept but it was always sort of this before the oculus uh, i felt like there was this 
sort of like barrier to entry like it's always you mean the oculus quest in particular sorry yeah the oculus quest in particular it always felt like there was something else that you needed like you needed a ps4 ps ps3 or ps4 ps4 um or you yeah you need a ps4 uh or you needed a separate gaming computer so you needed something that you hook up to um or and in many cases you even needed to actually mount cameras around so like the htc vibe that seemed like a really, really cool headset, but you really needed a sort of almost dedicated space because you had to put up cameras on the walls. Mm. Um, and I felt like the Oculus Quest was this like really exciting headset because it just works independently and it just tracks from whatever you like the hardware that you have, even if it's a little bit more on the, it's not as high end as men as, as a matter of the headset, but I feel like it still works with many of the games that I, wanted to play so i found this to be like a really a really exciting time when the oculus came out uh, when oculus quest came out because it really felt like it enabled it to be like a device in itself and i thought that was really cool yeah but also it like they're calling it uh inside out tracking right so it has the tracking it built into a headset in in forms of camera mm-hmm. uh, which means setup is really easy right um i mean we're yeah, not yeah. we're not living in a <laughs> football sized um football field sized mansion where you can just have a cons- constant uh, vr space set up and you just leave it there and you go there whenever you want to play right we're living in an, in vancouver and where where apartments are notoriously small and being able to just put on a headset move move chairs out of the way and you have your play space wherever you want it to be uh added a lot of the kind of accessibility of like you just put it on play when you want you put it away and it's like a 30 second setup rather than mm. a i mean setting up especially if you want kind of room scale experience with outside in tracking where you have like a set of at least four cameras is quite the process to get that up and running at yeah the time. yeah and i think the type of games that i'm playing that i don't think i would play as much are almost like workout games or like fitness games i do play beat saber and pistol whip and things that are I wouldn't necessarily play for hours just because it's quite exhausting. <laughs> um, and it, it is more of a workout. And I think, I don't know if I would do that if it required that much of a head, of a, of a setup. And it's also a little bit more limited if you have to have an, uh, a cable attached to your head while you're working out. So that's why I just feel like this is, this is a really, really good setup for us. Yeah. 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 On, on the, on the counterpoint, speaking of someone who has a, and uses the PlayStation VR quite a bit. I mean, you're right. The, the, the cable free, that's, that's a huge, huge win. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, uh, I, I'm pretty free to hook up my PlayStation VR whenever I want, but it always is something that has to be hooked up. Um, mm-hmm. in addition, uh, just the fact that it feels like then I'm kind of playing my PlayStation in two different modes. I'm either playing it sort of mm-hmm. regular mode or VR mode. And if I know I'm going to play VR later that day, I still have to kind of just put the headset with the cable still hooked up someplace. And it absolutely is, is a pain in the ass. Uh, mm. you know, as far as, as far as room scale goes, I haven't done any VR experience because I use a PlayStation VR that, that mm. does room scale. <laughs> but I also know that I, I prefer sitting down while doing VR. <laughs> like I like I prefer all my gaming. I prefer relaxing <laughs> on the sofa. And so even the VR gaming on the PlayStation VR that requires me to stand is always a little bit more of a, a hard <laughs> sell. So I don't know if I'm missing anything. I, I, I certainly would like to experience rooms 
something that takes advantage of room scale just to mm-hmm. see what that's like. But I think that might be similar where I feel like, okay, I have this area. I need to, you know, move the coffee table still out of the way. So I have, you know, a, a, a decent area. Cause I, I know you can like set it all up so you can block off all the pieces of furniture, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't. If I had to avoid all my pieces of furniture, then I don't really have enough room for room scale anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, it's also it's just a way safer environment to be in if you know you don't have chairs in the way. And yeah, yeah. because it's like the, the idea of VR is that it is immersive, and if you constantly run into like, oh, don't don't take another step forward, it just takes you out because yeah. how yeah. can you both chase your enemy but also avoid your actual physical objects in, mm. in your house it's it's not really the, the idea is that you should have a play space large enough that you don't have to think about it and yeah, ideally yeah. the game like what we'll talk about it later with super hot what they are doing is they actually try to place you slightly in an environment that kind of forces you back into the middle of your play space so if you have a play space drawn out in in your in your uh, vr headset um, whenever they move you into kind of the next sequence, right? You have those permits that you're grabbing and it moves you into the next space. They try to move you that you have a tendency of moving back into your space. You don't feel like you're actually constrained. Yeah, it, it, it did it surprisingly well, I think, in comparison to other games where I sort of have to like make sure that I'm standing at the right place. So like if you're looking at something like, um, like Beat Saber, it sort of marks where your playing area is, but it's sort of up to you to decide where you should go, especially if you're playing the, the three, 360 levels. Uh, you have to sort of watch out for that. And sometimes I have to like reset between each game because it doesn't really adjust in the mm. same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think that that is something that, uh, pist- no, not Pistol Whip, um, that Super Hot really did well. Uh, we, as, as you said, we're going to talk more about it, but it breaks a bit of an immersion otherwise. That's interesting because. Two of those games you mentioned, Super Hot and Beat Saber, I've, I played on PlayStation VR, and the mm. idea that you have to stay confined uh, almost doesn't register for me because I'm like, oh, it's just like the game, the the PlayStation VR version just assumes like, oh, where st- stand up and now push the button to calibrate and that's where you are you know you're not mm-hmm. there's mm. there's no option to uh to go anywhere else or any any consideration so it didn't it didn't even occur to me for example that that'd be something that someone has to think about while playing super hot for example mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah and i mean it's it's actually not that much of a space requirement i think the oculus quest wizard kind of recommends like a two meter by two meter or six and a half foot by six and a half foot space as a recommended space with a minimum of four by four, I believe. So it's not you don't require that much space for most games. Yeah, but I still like being centered. And yeah, I think yeah, definitely. Like, with, for something like Beat Saber, I tend to not stay. Centered. I mean, for the for the regular Beat Saber games, right? Yeah, the ones yeah, where you just yeah. have a tr- like things coming at you, and you, you it, it's similar to the PSVR experience. You just hit the blocks and you don't really think about it but the mm. 360 ones actually make you move around a lot more ah. and you're turning around mm. and it's 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 a lot more uh space it tries to use those kind of space uh, allowances that the newer headsets do to yeah. to give you for for mm. different and interesting experiences and there you you do want to have a little bit of space because what the Oculus Quest is doing is when you set it up you see, you, they use the cameras to give you a kind of view of your actual environment, right? So you see your room that you're in, mm-hmm. and they ask you to just draw 
your play space on the floor. So you you use your controller and it's you use it like a magic wand and you just draw lo- the lines along the, uh, the the walls and whatever furniture you have. And uh, when you when you're done drawing all of that, you c- then the kind of walls of the game world come up. And you no longer see those barrier walls until you kind of start to approach them. So if you're kind of getting close to them and they're doing a combination of how, how far away from the barrier are you and what speed are you moving at? And then they start to just show you a grid that mm-hmm. looks like, hey, this is where your virtual world ends. So you're not just running into your wall yeah, and passing yeah, out of course. while playing Beat Saber. Um, but games like Beat Saber, you move very fast. So, because it's calibrated, so you're not knocking yourself out. Um, it can happen that you see the virtual walls coming, uh, the, the yeah, kind of yeah. play space guidelines coming up a lot if you're in a too small of a space. Yeah. yeah. But it, the system is impressive, right? I, I for fun, um, tried to map out our entire apartment. Uh, <laughs> and, like, even though you wouldn't actually use it as play space, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like a corridor and like a hallway and a, then a door to the bathroom. You wouldn't actually want to play in that. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of fun that you can map out the entire room and then um, walk through like a <laughs> virtual world. Mm-hmm. Like that is actually like, I mean, it's it's not huge, but it's like you can take like a walk through a virtual world. And that feels very, I don't know, both technically, but also kind of for for the immersion kind of special. For, yeah. Like an, it's an experience mm-hmm. you wouldn't have any other way. And it feels almost like that shouldn't work yet. <laughs> yeah. are, are there yeah. any games that take advantage of that type of space mapping or Um, or do they mostly just assume you have a rectangular shape area that you're i think most of what i've played is either going for it assumes you have a relatively small rectangle or i mean especially most games are designed for the oculus quest and pc vr that requires like a set of cameras within a certain space right so they're considering that vr is not a big enough market that you can't like most developers that target vr try to make it work in as many platforms sure, as possible sure. right because yeah. if you only t- optimize it for like weird corridor uh, apartments your your audience is probably too small for it to be worth it there are some experiments that i've seen uh, of um generated worlds that account for your um for your world barriers so they just generate corridors that actually match your your physical play space and enemies and those kind of things. So they do use that, but it's more of an experiment, not a yeah. full game. Yeah. Mm. And then the next step up is um, there are a bunch of VR arcades that are actually designed for like I would say tennis court sized oh, play really? spaces. Okay. With specific walls and those kind of things in in a way that are actually there. So what um, do they? What type of headset do they use in those arcades? They usually. Um, I mean, there's probably an array, probably some of them use the Oculus Quest now, but the mm-hmm. most common one seems to be just uh, a PC VR headset, but a backpack that you're wearing while playing. <laughs> so the backpack kind of has okay. some of the computer or the communication. Okay. I was just thinking how fun it would be is if you set up a a tennis court sized VR setup um, only to play tennis in VR. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well i think uh, you played a ping pong one right that felt a bit it felt a bit funny because like you you should just go go out and play ping pong (laughs) like step one you have to have a a big enough space that you could fit a actual ping pong table (laughs) yeah (laughs) no i think that's why you can even play a multiplayer can't you yeah 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 yeah. but it's you only need half the space of a ping pong table so (laughs) i guess there you go (laughs) 
So, how, Adam, you mentioned that you actually you play quite a lot of games. Um, VR, yeah, I'd say I tend to maybe once a month I try a new PlayStation VR game. Usually, it's uh, I'll play a a couple regular PlayStation games, a couple regular kind of smaller indie games, and then every once in a while, like I, I do have a, a backlog of VR games that I keep trying to tr keep trying to get to. What was kind of the most interesting experience that you then like no matter like if it's a specific game or demo that you've had with your VR uh setup? Um I'd say aside from just when you first get the system and you mm -hmm. go through all mm -hmm. the demos and try everything out, um the thing I was most bl blown away with and this is a very specific game and I think it's only available on the PlayStation is a game called uh Astrobot Rescue Mission. Yeah, which yeah, is I've heard um a lot about that. It's a 3D platformer, kind of like a Mario-style 3D platformer, except you are actually immersed in the world. But you mm -hmm. are still controlling a little character that is, you know, virtually out in front of you. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, to me, that was like the first VR experience that I just really felt like... Like, I want to get back to that game. I want to finish that game. I want to play another level. Um, it really felt like it had the same level of, of polish that a regular commercial mm -hmm. AAA platformer game would have. Um, it, 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 it had all the same sorts of, you know, those, those Mario games. There's fun music and little cartoony, delightful graphics. But now imagine actually being immersed in this little delightful world. Mm -hmm. Like I just liked being there. It just, it just mm -hmm. looked really good. Um, the graphics themselves actually looked better than most other PlayStation VR games, which really. maybe they weren't, but I, I feel like in a lot of other VR games, I'm very much aware of the lower resolution and mm -hmm. kind of the screen door mm -hmm. effect you get visually. Um, whereas with this game, I, if, if I paid attention, I would notice it, but I never thought about it. Like I never thought mm -hmm. about the fact that I was in VR and it was kind of my first experience where I felt like to me, I felt like this is the standard that VR games kind of need to be if if the platform is going to continue to to flourish that smaller mm -hmm. games are cool and indie games are cool and little demo-y experiences are cool but this felt like like a real game that i was excited to you know play to completion and play bonus levels and just you know keep 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 the headset connected uh over a couple weeks of time okay so how long is the uh, how long is the story um, I'd say, I don't know how long I played. I played at least, I don't know, 10 hours, 12 hours. It was, it was probably like shorter than something like Mario Odyssey. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't quite what you consider normal AAA game length, but it was, it was definitely way longer than just a demo. In fact, I remember kind mm -hmm. of completing, uh, the first world. It's divided up into multiple levels, uh, multiple worlds in each world has multiple levels. And when I completed the first world, I actually thought, Oh, that must be it. You know, I'd probably played mm -hmm. two or three <laughs> hours and that's sort of what I was used to. And then suddenly I realized, mm -hmm. wait a minute, actually there's, there's five more worlds to complete. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I keep, uh, I haven't played it in a couple months, but I keep meaning to go back to it because there are <laughs> typically the thing where you unlock levels and it's, you, you're collecting things. So you're encouraged to go back and, and collect other stuff. The, the plot line is you, there's this little astro bot space guy who, um, is mm -hmm. <laughs> rescuing his friends who have, uh, become stranded in all these little worlds. And, uh, 
in some cases, it's really obvious. You see them going, hey, help me, and you move your little guy up mm-hmm. to get them. In other cases, the game really takes advantage of the VR experience because it kind of forces you to kind of look behind you or look, turn your head because the, the little guys you're rescuing are hidden in certain places, mm-hmm. which you can only see once you've gone forward and then you kind of look back. Mm. Uh, so I, I feel like it, it does a good job of, it's not just, it's not just a cool platformer that happens to be in VR. I'd say maybe 80% of it is that, but 20% of it is uh, taking advantage of the fact that you are playing a game in, in the VR world. So do, do they actually make use of kind of hand tracking through the uh, move controllers? Or is it more you, you use a controller and you use your head to look around, but there's not a lot of like direct manipulation? Right. So in, in this game, I, I'm not sure if it supports the move controllers or not. I know it, it's intended to be used with the uh, the regular uh, DualShock PlayStation mm-hmm. controller. Um, it's a little hard to explain. I've I've I've... I've left out one part of the game, which is that technically you in this world are not a omniscient observer, but you are actually a, a larger robot who is holding a controller that happens to look exactly okay. like the DualShock. <laughs> and so in your virtual world, you, the, the DualShock is floating around and then you are okay. controlling the little Astrobot guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You are directly controlling your little character with the joystick like you would in mm-hmm. any platformer. Mm-hmm. And then your your camera movement kind of just moves forward mm-hmm. kind of on a track mm-hmm. based on mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. your guy is. Um, but there is occasion where you actually interact with the environment. So there's some mode mm-hmm. where like you have to turn your controller into something that shoots water. And then you're mm-hmm. actually using it to like uh, hit certain things so your guy can get to the next mm-hmm. level. There's places where there's like a, a wood barrier and you actually have to like crash through it with your head in order <laughs> to break it so your your guy can can get through. And so mm-hmm. it, I think it did a really interesting job of, I mean, it's a little bit of a gimmick, um, but they, they made everything have a, have a point. It's not just this weird mm-hmm. thing like, why are you controlling this guy with this joystick? It actually is like a joystick that exists in the virtual world mm-hmm. itself. Yeah, yeah. And it's really kind of cool because even, you know, there's a lot of polish, like as you push the buttons or pull the triggers, the virtual joystick moves in real time, mm-hmm. has, the, have, has the buttons yep. to press and things. That's so cool. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just a really, really well done game. And, uh, anyone that has a PlayStation VR, you know, I would say that's definitely a must buy if you like mm. those kind of, uh, platformer games in general. Yeah. I'm hoping for a, uh, remake for the PlayStation 5 with the PSVR 2. That's, ah, that's when I they're, get there. They're, they're probably. Will so be. you're also hoping for a, a PSVR 2? I think the probability of that is relatively high. Yeah. Um, just because, like, the PSVR seems in some ways like a add-on that uses some of the, the PlayStation accessories, but it wasn't designed for that. And I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of potential. Like, Sony seems to be quite committed to VR things, like Astrobot, right? It's a first-party yeah. title. And um, they they have some other really good uh, PlayStation VR titles. Mm-hmm. And the PlayStation 5 would just have a lot more compute for like yep, higher yep. refresh rate and higher resolution. Yeah. I think it's it's very likely that we'll see a revamped PlayStation VR designed mm-hmm. for VR from day one mm-hmm. with 
some kind of maybe even wireless despite talking to the console talking wirelessly to the console right that would already yeah. allow for a lot more that would be awesome, That'd um, be awesome. Mm. yeah i agree I, th i think there almost certainly will be a psvr 2 um mm -hmm. i i like the fact that sony is so seemingly committed to it i mean they're they're, they're mm -hmm. taking it seriously they are building lots of titles it's not just some dumb accessory that they've ignored um <laughs> However, I do worry a little bit that they're still kind of treating it like on the same um, release cadence as a console. You know, there'll be a new version mm -hmm. every seven years, mm -hmm. and perhaps we're early enough in VR that things are moving fast enough that that's not good enough. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like compared to Oculus Quest, some of the advantages of that, it, it definitely feels like, oh, these big fat cables sticking out. And, <laughs> you know, when I tried the Quest, I tried it for 15 minutes and... Within that 15 minutes, I, without even thinking about it, I immediately noticed that the resolution was higher, you know, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and I noticed that the tracking was much better. The PSVR tracking mm -hmm. is fine, but it's a little wobbly. And the, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my experience with the Quest was that it was absolutely rock solid. I, I couldn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't notice any sort of wobbliness or any, any yeah. issues. Mm -hmm. So I, I, That's the same even yeah. for extended use. I don't mm -hmm. think I've... Yeah. I've had one glitch that was super dis like, disturbing where I just... My, the game that I played was... was There was a bug in the game ah. and all of a sudden I fell through the floor <laughs> and that is just... You know, it's <laughs> yeah. already annoying. In that a, is not what you, that's not what you want to have happen in VR. But in VR, that is just so di so disturbing because oh, all of a sudden God. not only... like Even in, in, in games that are designed to have kind of like a vertical effect... Like, at least you're kind of getting yourself prepared for mm -hmm. a fall. This was just, I all of a sudden, I dropped through the floor. Things were kind of all over the place. And then the left eye or the left screen and the right screen kind of got out of sync. And it was like, I... I <laughs> what, what? Yeah, I, and, feel, I feel like if, if there is something that goes out of the ordinary of the what the what the game is to, in, intended to display i feel like it should just shut off yeah like, but it in vr that's just, just way more disturbing than yeah so I, i actually had to take off the headset for for a few minutes i actually didn't continue playing that day because yeah. it was like I, i really got motion sick in, in no time hmm. um but that was a bug in the game right so otherwise the the tracking has been rock solid both for like the, your head within in the room but also for the controllers it just it almost feels like you're using your hands hmm. what well, how do you guys do with motion sickness in vr in general assume in cases where everything's working right there's no bugs there's mm. no craziness <laughs> are, are <laughs> you um affected by it can you play vr for long periods of time can you play games where you're moving around uh you know at a like where, mm -hmm. where the camera is actually moving around sort of independent mm -hmm. of your feet mm -hmm. So, in general, I haven't felt, I, I haven't played many VR games where you are using like the joysticks to control where you're walking. I, I play them when you're like the game intentionally, the game knows that you have a very limited amount of space. So it's not really meant for you to do bigger movements. And I think, uh, I think I would, in general, I am easily getting motion sick. So I think that that would trigger something for me. What I noticed one time was that, I started out playing Beat Saber, which is a game where you are standing yourself and uh, sort of everything is coming towards you, like all the notes that you're hitting and everything, they're flying towards you, but you are standing statically on one place. And then right after that, I played Pistol Whip, which has a different 
type of fu- like the, it function the function is very is very different so instead of things moving towards you you are sort of floating through a space so yeah. it, like it was the reverse of what uh, Beat Saber does and that was a bit disorienting to me because I felt like I was almost like falling forward as the world was moving right. me forward um, so that was one time I felt a bit like uncomfortable about it but I think it was because of the contrast between the two games mm-hmm. um, yeah ap- apart from that I haven't felt anything but like I said I haven't done anything when I just used the joysticks but I think if I would, I would definitely sit down during those air, those sessions instead. Right. But have you done anything yeah. like any of these, say, uh, like driving games or anything where you're like moving around? Uh, we're not really controlling it with the joystick, but you're you're yeah. still um, moving at high high velocities or rotating at high velocities. No, the closest would be what is it called? Um, it's like a puzzle solving sort of like a escape room game um, i expect you to die oh yeah i expect mm. you to die yeah and but then mostly sitting yeah, you without sort of, things moving around yeah you sort of sit and then you're like extending to to like reach things and then you use a joystick as like extended arms but it's very different um so i have so I've, really. I've played a lot with different locomotion schemes in games <laughs> so when when i when we when we got the quest um Early on, I wanted to try all, all the things, right? So I, I tried like the standard things first, like Beat Saber, and that's super comfortable, right? I, I don't know a lot of people who actually have problems playing Beat Saber from a motion yeah. sickness standpoint. I was like, that was fine. And the Oculus Store has kind of those ratings from comfortable to kind of medium to like uncomfortable. And they kind mm-hmm. of show you how likely you are to get motion sick. And like I, I tried most of the comfortable ones. Everything was fine. Everything was fine. Then I tried one of the medium ones, and I, I, I couldn't do it at all. It was like journey, mm. journey of the gods or something like that. And you use the uh, control stick to move around, rather because they have two ways. You can either teleport, yeah. So you point where you want to go, and then you teleport there. But I just really don't enjoy that as a way of moving through a game world. It is very comfortable because you never feel yeah. like you're actually moving right you're just going to a new space your your screen kind of darkens and then comes back in a new location um so that was fine but then i tried the smooth locomotion where you actually use the stick to move around mm-hmm. and i, I got motion sick in a second i was like right. i can't do that at yeah. all I, I i feel like every time i kind of moved like when i moved left and then i stopped i i felt like i was wobbling through my in the real world because i expected there to be some kind of yeah, yeah. effect on my body that didn't actually happen so i couldn't do it at all and i thought i was kind of sad i was like all right i guess i can never do those kind of games so vr will be more limited to me but then we played a lot of other games uh, over the time like uh, pistol whip and i recently got two minute drill vr football um because we, we're kind of into workout games at the moment. Okay, because cool. We're, we're software engineers, right? We're sitting at our computers <laughs> developing for 12 to 14 hours at the moment uh, per day. And it's also pretty cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, it would be nice to, to have on demand a way of kind of, I mean, I guess working out is not that hard to do otherwise. But I don't, I don't enjoy it as much as playing games, right? So I was like, all right, what kind of VR uh, workout games are there? And two minute drill football is a basically a stick figure world in which you have two minutes to come back from being down by uh, six points. Okay. And and you're the quarterback, and you kind of throw throw the football to try to 
to um yeah to to come back within the last two minutes and it's kind of nice because it's like a over the head throwing motion right like you would throw a football and it's it kind of moves your entire body because you're twisting so it's kind of a nice way of if you're been sitting on your butt for for a whole day it's kind of nice to kind of move around you can even within your running space right if if someone is trying to tackle you you can kind of dodge them while stepping back or stepping to the side with the room scale tracking um so i i, I really enjoy playing that i i try to play like one 15 minute session uh every day at the moment mm-hmm. um but at in the later levels the the defense is a lot stronger so there is you can also use the stick to move Uh, and i was really i was i really want to win the game i was like all right i just push forward and just close my eyes and and (laughs) and listen to when it's over and i realized i i didn't get motion sick like i opened my eyes i was like this was actually all right so um for some reason from playing games without smooth locomotion for for like the last few months when we had to quest somehow my body adjusted slowly that I can actually do those kind of games now. Not not hundred percent. Like I I definitely think a football type game helps because it's mostly you're running mm-hmm. forward, right? You're not running like left, right, uphills, downhills a lot on football fields. Mm-hmm. So it's mostly straight on a on an even plane. I think that it did help. But then as a result of that, I also tried some of the games I did struggle before, and it's way better. I still feel like I I wouldn't want to play with smooth locomotion for an hour, but like playing ten minutes. I, I didn't feel sick at all mm. anymore. So it's definitely, it seems like your body is kind of learning that this is a way of, of seeing things without feeling mm. things over time, despite you not noticing that you're actually getting more comfortable with, with who we are. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I That seems to be a a common experience that I've heard from other people that they mm. you can you can get used to it over time or become more acclimated to it. Yeah, and it is it is kind of I think that's kind of a limiting factor of VR, right? Yeah, motion or or traversal of space in in most video games is super trivial, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of where video games come from, where you're like moving a character and like like if you look at Mario, like arcade games, right? You're jumping over barrels. It's like motion is the core concept of that game. Yeah, and there's an entire genre about that still around to this day. Mm. In VR, that's really hard. <laughs> like jump and runs in VR are going to get most people sick immediately. Mm. Um, so it's, I think that is one of the core challenges for VR, and we're kind of seeing a lot of like uh, hardware that tries to to deal with that. Right? Those kind of uh, what are you calling them? Those kind of mats that you're standing on, and they're simulating <laughs> actual walking to make you not feel as sick. But I think that is that is definitely an interesting challenge. That's I think needs to be uh improving over time um to to make vr more accessible to more people but there there's still a lot happening like locomotion and moving around in space i think is like a lot of games just deal with it in in as we talked about like uh super hot right they just deal with your limited space yeah, yeah. and position you and that works surprisingly well yeah i have been interested i'm interested to see like you said kai i think this has been one of the bigger challenges when it comes to vr just deciding how you can navigate through a space mm-hmm. and I think I feel like it's it's easier to come up with a game that has shorter levels because of that and I think that's something you see with many of the like workout games it's just like a song that you're doing and then you're done and even super hot that we will talk about later it's something that you like you sort of get moved 
automatically. Mm-hmm. You're not moving through the space. And I think some games have tried to fix that by like using teleportation and those type of things. But I feel like you, you, so it's easy to break the immersion if you are not the one moving through the space. And um, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned that this will limit the, limit the sort of type of games that you can make available. How do you two think that can be addressed? Do you in get terms motion sick at all, Adam? We didn't. Uh, yes, yes, I do. If, 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 if I'm doing smooth, uh, locomotion in VR games most of the time, if it, in some games, if it's very slow and, and done right, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's fine. But if you're talking about kind of high speed or anything, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any, any, like, like a racing, a car racing game, for example, would, would make me pretty, uh, motion sick. Mm. Um, but if it's not smooth locomotion, do you get motion sick at all? Do you feel like there's a limit to like a 10 minute session? There's a limit. Yeah. Even if I'm feeling what happens is I'll be feeling fine. Like, this is great. I don't, I don't feel sick at all. And then after 30 or 40 minutes, maybe I'm like, ah, I'm, 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 I'm feeling a little tired. I I think I'm going to take off the VR headset and take a break. And Mm -hmm. as soon as I take it off, my body feels this, my brain feels this immediate sense of relief. Like, like it was like it was on extra processing mode to deal with what was going on. (laughs) And suddenly it's like, Oh, this is, this is easy. It's easy for me to process the visual stimulus now. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's sort of what makes me think, okay, I, I really should not do, you know, multi-hour sessions. Did you feel, I mean, your, your Oculus quest session was relatively short, but did you feel the same way in that short session? Or was it too short to actually it, evaluate? I that? think it was too short to evaluate, and uh, okay. and it was. Um, I was playing just one of the, I guess, one of the demo games that comes with it, um, mm-hmm. and so you're not doing much. Most uh, actually, some of it. I went. I'd say half of that time was me going through the uh, the tutorial that just shows you how to use the uh, <laughs> the, the hand mm-hmm. controllers and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, no, that that felt fine, um, but okay. Because I wonder if, no. because I do think like high refresh rate, high resolution, uh, good tracking, like all those things really make a way bigger difference in VR mm-hmm. than any other gaming kind of dear concept we've had before, right? Because yeah. if you have actually, you had movement one-to-one reflected in the game, all of a sudden it doesn't feel like a game. I mean, motion is a different thing, yeah. but if you're, if you're getting it even while stationary, I wonder if something like the Quest or any other kind of high refresh good tracking better tracking uh headset would would release yeah, that because yeah. I, I i don't feel that at all but i also don't have to contrast so i'm so. not sure because it could it could be the tracking it could also be my eyes just focusing on the screen you know even though mm-hmm. even though you're focusing mm-hmm. you, even though you have focal distance it still is in mm-hmm. a virtual world way in mm-hmm. front of you uh it, it could be it could be a bunch of things um mm. It's it's hard to know. I mean, I think what 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 Kai said is 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 right that you know we we in the future we have so far to go. I mean, we we can keep increasing re- refresh rates, tracking accuracy, mm-hmm. all those things are just going to keep getting better every every, mm-hmm. every new cycle. And and there's no reason to think that at some point it won't be such that literally your brain not only consciously does it look like exactly like reality mm-hmm. but even subconsciously the way your brain processes things that it would be the same same thing mm-hmm. that's not going to fix motion sickness because motion sickness is the disconnect between you know your the the things of in your body like in your inner yeah. ear yeah. that that make you know that you're moving uh compared to what you're seeing yeah 
So what you're saying is that you need like a full full bodysuit or something. That's like I think so. Then your signals. Well, that's so. Um, so what? What? Um, which one of you asked this? We were t- we were talking about locomotion and kind of like the limitations of game design. The limitations and yeah, you know, I I do kind of feel like we are sort of uh, in the infancy still of of game design with VR. Yeah, like yeah. I, I think the inclination, of course, initially is. Let's take every current game genre, but in VR, right? Because that, mm-hmm. that sounds great, mm-hmm. especially like first-person shooters, right? When you first imagine VR, I'm sure we all imagine like, what if I was actually like immersed in a first-person shooter and I could run around mm-hmm. and shoot people? And it, it turns out that that's, that's problematic for, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> motion sickness. Uh, but also it's kind of weird, right? I mean, you have this system where, it tracks your head. That's so important. Anywhere you look, it, 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 it tracks that and, and, and visually shows that. And you have all this tracking exactly for your hands and even your fingers and your thumbs and things. Mm. Except even if you don't get sick, isn't it still weird though that you're moving a joystick to like move mm, you forward? Mm-hmm. Whether, whether it's, um, uh, teleportation, which of course is kind of weird, like unless the game, mm-hmm. unless teleportation is part of the the game mm-hmm. lore, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. E- even if you don't feel sick and you can just move super fast with the joystick, mm-hmm. that's also just kind of weird. And mm-hmm. maybe that's okay, yeah. but maybe maybe there's there's new genres of games or new types mm-hmm. of experiences that we come to expect with VR that are fine that it's like okay you're yeah. never you're never going to be playing doom eternal in vr yeah. even though i know there is a vr doom game but you know maybe that'll never be mainstream but uh yeah no but but that's how i feel as well i feel like it sort of breaks the emotion when you have to restrict the space that you're in and you have to sort of either use the joystick or like teleport yourself and i'm i'm concerned that that might limit the amount of games that can feel natural unless you come up with something like like a walking pad that you just like walk on the, walk in one space and it seems like you're actually moving um but yeah i'm, I'm i am concerned that i always i've been feeling like games might be limited to those like shorter type of games uh, in terms of like at least the games that should really feel immersive will just be like those shorter five minute sessions that you don't move very much in but it might be just like an issue about like the technology that's available there might like i said they might just need you might just need some type of extra not extension but like some type of other hardware that helps you with this, either if it's like mm. feet tracking or like like something that you're stepping on. And Direct brain help. implants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that that would fix a lot of those issues. <laughs> would, we all, would cause a lot of other issues. We though. can all just be a, uh, in a pod in the matrix and uh, <laughs> have the tube plugged into our back. Yeah, yeah. But I also I don't think it is too like where VR is right now. Like Beat Saber and Pistol Whip, those are amazing experiences yeah. that you can't have any yeah. other way right? yeah like there's no problem in, in this i'm just wondering like if playing, that's what it will be limited but if you to. would play beat saber in in non-vr that would be a terrible game so that's a good uh, example i mean people like guitar hero and things like that sure but it's like it's very different yeah um and astrobot is a good adaptation or like moss and other like uh j- jump and runs where you're where you're more the camera head rather than mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. the person that's jumping and running that is a good way of getting jump and runs into vr and those can be as as i said right uh, that is a full length video game sized game mm-hmm. where where you where there is an interesting approach to you still feel, feeling more engaged and more involved in the world 
which is what VR is supposed to do, without you having to be directly the thing that is jumping and running and doing all the things that would otherwise make you motion sick. Yeah. So I think that from a game design perspective, that is an approach we can do for for more genres. And it's un before we get to bl brain bl bl brain implants. Before we get there, <laughs> yeah. I mean the reason I said it, I thought it was in its infancy wasn't to say that there aren't games that have attacked this problem and mm -hmm. made progress. But, you know, remember back when mobile gaming first started out, there were a lot of games that tried to do like the virtual joystick on the screen mm -hmm. and stuff, which yeah, I know yeah. some of them still do um, because it's like, oh, we want our console quality gaming uh, or that style on mm -hmm. the on the mobile devices and and mm -hmm. to the l large part people realized that wasn't fun it, di it didn't work mm -hmm. i mean even if it sort of worked it wasn't much fun and there's sort of a mm -hmm. there were whole new types of mobile games that either directly took advantage of the touch screen or took advantage of the The fact that you probably wanted a shorter experience, that it was on a, a little handheld device and really kind of optimized for that. And I think, you know, VR might kind of go in the same direction or, or as far as mm. the successes that, that people mm. maybe stop yeah. trying to just take existing games and make VR versions, mm. but say like, yeah. how, how can we take advantage of VR and make it special and unique to, yeah. to this medium? Yeah. Also it generates yeah. entire categories of games, right? Yeah. I wouldn't like, I mean, there are football games, but I wouldn't play Madden just because I'm not, I don't want to play. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't be excited about playing Madden yeah. every day just because I, I don't really care that much about those kind of games. But I totally play two-minute drill football just because it's a completely different game, because it's immersive and because it yeah. it feels like it's a workout and you're being active and it's like a healthier thing to do. Um, similar for, for a lot of the kind of entire health space of health gaming. I mean, even Apple on the Apple Watch now has a fitness gaming category for workout. And that's not a thing that existed before... Yeah. VR to the same extent. I mean, there are some like the Wii and other games kind of tr try to to get into that that area and it kind of worked. But I think VR is really the next evolution of what the v the Wii and the the kind of motion control games try to do. And even that, I think that could be a niche that's actually uh, probably a billion dollar niche, right? Yeah. Just getting people to still be active while having fun entertainment in their own house. Yeah. It's not a small area of people that would be interested in such such activities. Yeah. And even those, there's still a lot of potential to improve those. Um, like Oculus, the Oculus Quest just added um, hand tracking, which is kind of interesting. So mm. instead of you using your controllers, they actually use the cameras to see your hands mm. and track your hands. So you can actually interact with element, like with things by just like moving a hand there and moving the interface around by like like grabbing onto interface and scrolling those are i mean it's very early but it's it's interesting i think there's still more potential for those kind of things hmm. um and i don't know if that's um that's a problem if i i don't think everything needs to go to vr right it's very unlikely that everything goes yeah. to vr but i totally think we can get to a point that it's not unreasonable that a lot of people a large percentage of people who do have any interest in electronic forms of entertainment that they have some vr option yeah. to their playstation yeah yeah i can see that it'll be interesting because this is still kind of the 
No, I don't. I was going to say first generation. I don't mean first generation of hardware, but first mm. generation of VR purchasers for the large part. Mm-hmm. Like yep, yep. people mm-hmm. are most, the vast majority of people are buying their first VR headset mm-hmm. of some sort. And mm-hmm. it'll be kind of interesting when there's sort of the, the, the second generation, uh, whether people flock to the next, mm-hmm. the next thing yeah, yeah. or whether they're kind of like, ah, VR, it was fun. I liked it, but, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know, you know, because yeah. that sort of shows how much, how sticky it is, I guess. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But I mean, Valve, the the Half-Life Alex game that's coming out next month, um, depending on when we release this this month, I think that is going to be interesting too, because yeah. that's kind of, you know, Valve is usually, <laughs> Half-Life games tend to sell quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are interested. Uh, again, Valve, make their, they make their own headset, the uh, Index. And again, a device that is sold out every day since they launched it. Like yeah. you can't get one today. If you would order one today, it would actually ship after the launch of, of uh, Half-Life Alex. So definitely we're currently in a period of, of increased demand for, for VR. And I think that's interesting because that means when there's more demand, there will be more money in it, uh, which means more developers will flock towards it. And that kind of drives like innovation in in game design and and how to come around some of the shortcomings of VR, right? There might be a way of having locomotion that makes you less motion sick even, Mm. right? And the more people and the more interest there is in that area, the more likely we'll get to a point where where we get to game design that that makes that more comfortable and more accessible. And then it's kind of a spiral that that just gets better with people funding it and games yeah, being more yeah. interesting, more games mm-hmm. becoming available and better headsets being released as a result of that. And I think that that could be interesting. I think it's, we're kind of at a pivot point for, yeah. for VR at the moment. We, we need to be at the point where, where games, I, th- I think we need to be at the point where, where games are the thing that's actually bringing people yeah. to, to VR. We're still at the point where most people I think are buying a VR, not for any particular game they want to play, but just because they, they want to try a bunch of games or, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a, a number of them. Maybe, maybe that's why the, the Half-Life Alex is very interesting to see, you know, to what degree that will be a, a system seller in a sense. Uh, Kai, I think you've been preparing a quiz for us this week, right? Yeah, I, I saw in show notes, it is uh, considered, what did you write? Kai's fun quiz. Fun quiz, fun quiz, fun quiz. Yay! <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll see how much fun it is. Uh, quiz! As we, we, we <laughs> definitely quiz. There will be questions and answers. Um, and as we just talked about, game design is about trying new things and seeing how things work out. So I, I did make, I did try some more experimental questions. So we'll see how that goes. There, we kind of have to see how we get those into a sensible audio format. But <laughs> Jesus, is this, are we going to eat stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, I, I try to stay close to, right. to our normal format with some variation to see how it goes okay. so again this might turn into a weird thing and we'll never do that particular type of question again but i thought it's worth to give it a shot all right so um, disclaimer yep mm-hmm. so let's first start um with something simple just to get us warmed up and see uh so we're feeling you know first kind of get the comfort of of what you expect and so we kind of get a into practice round or is this a real round i mean they still count for points and stuff <laughs> so, so, so we're just starting okay we're just <laughs> all right so um question number one is a regular question i give you four options and you just tell me which 
uh, option you think is the right one. The same rules apply. Whoever says it first locks into that qu- locks into that answer. Um, you can do that as I ask the question, uh, but it means you can no longer change that. And the other person can then pick at their own uh, leisure the the their option of the three remaining answers. All right. Everything good? Good. good. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Uh, turns out this is not a co- <laughs> what uh, I got my questions jumbled so this is a bit of an experimental question <laughs> that we're starting with after uh, that a long disclaimer scratch everything <laughs> because I made some last second uh, last minute uh, alterations to my question order okay. so this is actually uh, we're starting with a bit of an experiment is this your like are you like having this like gameplay at the moment is this like a meta thing are you just like, confusing <laughs> us so that we're, we're no we just gotta cut out my my <laughs> obvious confusion so all right so this is slightly different uh from what we've done before but not too 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 crazy mm-hmm. i still give you four options um but you have to sort them in an order that uh, i determine and you have mm-hmm. to figure out for example let's say i give you um cities uh, I give you four city names, and then I ask you to sort them in uh, ascending order of population. Mm-hmm. That's not one of the questions of the quest, but that's kind of what a question would be like. Um, and um, they, <laughs> I, I would recommend uh, having some kind of uh, uh, notes to take available. But um, we have to figure out a way of claiming starting, right? Because it's, it's kind of hard to, to do that because there's not only one answer. Okay. Right? Do we have to figure this out with you or did you play did you did you We're come doing up this together, with a solution? But my, my, Just tell my, us what to do and we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um but whoever starts answering, they have to commit to all in this case there are four options. So you have to say the order is A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. You have to say them in quick succession. You can't be like, I start with A and uh, No, I think okay, this is what you're doing. You say, tell us the question. We get like a minute to write down our answer. Minute? Now, whatever, how long you think? 30 seconds to you write down our seconds. answer. So we both have to write down and then it's uh, th- then, then we can't make any changes as the other person is reading it. So right. the order doesn't matter cool. in that sense. Yeah. All right. Then we go with the honesty option. So no no changes after, after the time is up. Mm. All right. So the very first question is sort these uh, video game characters by height. Ooh. Um, there is height in video game characters. It's always a bit tricky, right? So I tried my best to pick characters that have a reasonable difference between them to not have, like, is is this person one centimeter taller or, or not than mm-hmm. the other? So I tried to have something that has a bit of a range. And I used um, fairly recent video game uh, uh, material as a reference okay. to, to confirm at least the order of, of height photos. So I used something like Super Smash Brothers to, to kind of compare them. Tallest to shortest or shortest to tallest? Uh, shortest to tallest. Okay. So starting with the shortest, ending with the tallest. The four options are uh, A, Sonic, B, Master Chief from Halo, and that is the Master Chief without uh, armor. Is that a movie Sonic or video game Sonic? That is video game Sonic. All right. We're not talking about the new <laughs> movie starring Tim Carey. I would like Shot to t- in Vancouver. I would like to talk about that, but continue. <laughs> um, see Mario, obviously. Uh, 
Marlin already tried to figure out how it last episode. That's, that's yeah, that. this was a follow-up item for me that I yeah. forgot to do. <laughs> and cool. D, Kirby. And you have 20 seconds starting now. What? 20 seconds? Wait! Ah, okay. Uh, no, you can't do that. This is really hard. I have mine. Marlin, you have six seconds left. What if we say the exact same answer? Yeah, then we get the same amount of then points. Then you get the same amount of points. We, yeah. I do have time breaks for the end. And time's up. All right. Pants down. <sighs> I want to change my mind already. Okay. Nope. This All right, Malin, you seem to be uh, the flakier one, so you start. <laughs> gonna t- don't, don't you trust me? My, I'm not typing at the moment. So, I am going to say... So, it was shortest to tallest, right? Shortest Otherwise, tallest. I already screwed this up. Um, so, I would say shortest is Kirby. Mm-hmm. Then it's Sonic. Mm-hmm. Then it's Mario. Mm-hmm. Then it's Master Chief. Mm-hmm. All right, Adam. Mine was similar, but I thought that Sonic was shortest, then yeah, Kirby, then Mario, then Master Chief. Mm, All right. One of you is exactly correct, and that is Malin. Whoa, Whoa really? In fact, Kirby is the shortest uh, character huh. with only eight inches. Huh. Which is crazy short. Um, yeah. Followed by Sonic of uh, three inch- three feet and three inches. Um, then Mario, 5'5". F- five, five, and a Master Chief with a whopping 6'10". And that's without yeah. armor. I don't even know what Kirby is. <laughs> it was an easy-to-render character. <laughs> <laughs> but what kind of animal is he? There is an, it's just a blob, it's Kirby. Right? It's a... Uh, I don't know, more of a pillow than a an a animal. Oh, I, okay. Hmm. All right. <laughs> cool. Yay! Cool. I, I mean, boo. very experimental, but uh, Marlon got points. Yay! I like this format. Remember, remember what happened last time when you started ahead, Marlon? I learned, I learned. So the second question is um, a bit more traditional format. Uh, only one answer, whoever shouted out first Logs in that question, the other person can at their own leisure select whatever's available from the other three. Um, the question is I give you four games, three of those are in the top selling games of 2019 top 10. One game is not. Tell me which game of the following four is not in the 2019 top 10 best selling games. Uh, and the, the numbers come from the NPD research. Um, so, A, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. B, Mario Kart 8. C, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the 2019 remake. D, Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm going to say B, Mario Kart 8. All right, Malin. I'm going to say... Wait. I don't feel like Super Smash Bros. was released in 2019. It's not about release. It's about best selling. Oh, okay. Hmm. I'm going to say C, Modern Warfare remake. Because it was a remake. Um, both of you are incorrect, so <sighs> quickly grab. A. Alright, so Adam, you won by default. Ah! In fact, Red Dead Redemption 2 was uh, the 12th best-selling game. Really? Mm-hmm. And therefore, Adam... That is surprising. That is the last one I would have ever picked to think I would have. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I heard yeah. that that game was pretty popular. That's that's all I'm saying. Yep. But not as popular. So, in fact, Mod- uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is was the best-selling game of 2019. Oh, really? Mm. Huh. Mario Kart just made it into the top 10 hmm. on, on How is on that possible? Spot. That's like a remake of a 
right that's that's Mm, that's and that and that even launched when this witch launched right i mean it's it's not even like a Mm -hmm. new game that just came out in 2019 i don't think am i wrong no i think that came out earlier (laughs) yeah 2018 at least right which one um mario Mario kart 8 yeah that was like the wii u release when was that and then then the switch it, it launched didn't it launch with the switch i think well yeah it, or at least this first year the same first yeah. year yeah so, all right yeah. we're all dummies and then um <laughs> super smash Bros. ultimate mate number seven hmm. so yeah nintendo games do sell for a very long time which is probably one of the reasons why nintendo never discounts their own games um but good Good job, Adam. I'm not See? even saying an answer, but still making. <laughs> this is part of my point. strategy of not losing it at the end. <laughs> All right. So the next one is a sword question. How again. many questions are there? Uh, there is a total of six questions with a tiebreaker. So seven. Uh, we, we're not doing the tiebreaker. Okay. Question <laughs> three. Yeah. So that is a sword question in ascending order. Sword defaulting game consoles. Or game devices by their power usage. <laughs> Just so I understand, ascending means lowest power usage to highest power usage. Yeah, lowest to highest, similar to the characters. Um, but this time we have five options. Um, option number A is the Nintendo Switch. Option number B is the PlayStation 3 original, not the Slim. The option number C is the Wii. Nintendo Wii. Number D, or option D, is the Xbox One X. And the last option E is the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in its classic remake. So the the more recently released SNES Classic. SNES Classic. Oh, God. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm just copying and pasting myself. Three. I got this wrong. One. Wait, one second. And pens down, please. Can I just add a space here? Because this is very messy. I don't <laughs> change the order. You can space. I don't care about your space. All right. Malin, do you want to start again? Again? Okay. Okay. I feel like this is not going well. Uh, I am going to pick the lowest being the Wii. All right. Then the Switch. Mm-hmm. Then the uh, SNS Classic remake. Mm-hmm. Xbox One X, mm-hmm. PS3. All right. So you think the lowest one is the Wii and the highest one is the PlayStation 3, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, Adam. I said the lowest one was the Super NES Remake Classic, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, then the Nintendo Switch, then mm-hmm. the Wii, then the Xbox One X, then the PS3. I agreed with Malin that the PS3 was li- largely the, uh, or likely the most power hungry. <laughs> Could be wrong though. All right. That, you're 100% correct, Adam. What? Yeah. yeah. It is the, Good job. It is the right order. The, uh, uh, Super Nintendo Classic is at 2.5 watts. It's an incredibly low uh, energy-consuming uh, game hardware. So if you want to do something good for the planet, play a lot of Super Nintendo games. I thought it's like I thought it was like a trick question. I thought like <laughs> it's it appears it's to be the lowest one. It's a very inefficient emulation. Yeah, yeah. On a supercomputer. Yeah. Nope. Because that was really the only difference between mine and Mullins, right? That I I moved that to the front of the list, mm. and otherwise mm. the order was the same. Yeah. Yeah, because I just figured it was some some yeah some really low powered Raspberry Pi thing in there that's 
Yeah. It's probably even lower yeah, power than that. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, the Wii with 40 is still incredibly low. Or no, actually the Switch um, with 10 oh, to 18, depending on which mode, because it can be run handheld and docked, yeah. right? And then it has multiple clock settings depending on the game. But the range is between 10 and 18. Then C, the uh, Wii is at 40, pretty much locked at 40. What's um, then the uh, Xbox One X ranges from 65 and it's like backwards compatible low, lower performance mode all the way up to 180 uh, which is quite a lot for for kind of the current generation video game consoles and then the playstation 3 was just a monster when it comes to energy consumption with its lowest at 170 and it peaks at 200 <laughs> that was a good question because by default you might by default if you didn't know much about the ps3 just assume that it was the the most modern beefy yeah. console that mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. Is, is more powerful so therefore it uses more power but i took a chance at my memory that the ps3 was the most ridiculously uh power hungry console ever t- ever to be made yeah with that crazy cell ship yeah yeah, yeah it was it was a crazy crazy console. also incredibly expensive to make yeah. uh so I don't know. I don't know if Sony was super happy with that uh, decision down the road, but seems seems to work out. Um, so in in this theme of pricing, uh, let's stay with um, video games and their their retail pricing. So I give you again five video game consoles. These questions are really stressful. <laughs> You're welcome, um, and I would like you to order them by their launch price of the base model if there are multiple options. And their suggested retail price ascending in U.S. Uh, dollars. So it's the U.S. launch price for the base model. Um, and I would like suggested those to Suggested retail price. Suggested retail okay. price. These yes. are Sorry, these are games or systems? Systems. Okay. All right. So the, the systems in questions are A, the Game Boy, the original Game Boy, uh, B, the PlayStation 3 that we just talked about, uh, the C, the Neo Geo, Sorry, the what? Neo Geo. What is that? Um, I can talk about it more later. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, but D- like, can you at least tell me when this came out? Uh, the Neo Geo was released in... Adam, do you remember? Uh, 1990-ish? I, I thought it would be mid, mid-90s. mid I don't know. Okay. All right. It's yeah, old. Yeah, it was roughly okay. 90s. Um, it is uh, SNK... I don't want to give too, okay, too no, much away, fine, but it, it is a game console. Um, the D is the Sega Saturn, and E is the 3DO. Hmm. All right. Three, two, one, time. All right. This time, let's start with Adam. So a- after after we play this question and we determine who's right, mm-hmm. I would like to, as not for any bonus points, just for glory... <laughs> tell you my guess as to what i think the actual prices were oh all right uh-huh. all right which obviously affected my choices but uh <laughs> i'm just saying so don't don't jump into that and give us okay. the answers okay so okay i think this is cheapest to most expensive right mm-hmm. yep i thought i think the cheapest was the game boy whichever mm-hmm. version of the game boy you said i think next mm-hmm. was the neo geo mm-hmm. then the sega saturn then the PlayStation 3, and mm-hmm. I think the most expensive was the 3DO. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but what is the 3DO? I'll tell you as soon as you lock in your answer. Because I picked that <laughs> one as the cheapest. <laughs> and I feel like I don't know what this is. 
Anyways, I picked that as number one. Okay. Number two is Game Boy. Okay. Number three is Neo Geo. Mm -hmm. Number four is Sega Saturn. Okay. Number five is PS5. Right. So this is not Manu's most glorious round. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so both of you are not, not doing super well this ah. round, I gotta say. <laughs> But Manu's slightly worse. So Adam, uh, give me your guesses that influenced your, your order. Um, so you started with the Game Boy, start with the which Game is, Boy. by the way, correct. Yeah, I, I don't I don't remember exactly, because by the time I got into a Game Boy, it was like $99. So I just guessed that maybe it launched at $200, because that just felt like... I knew it wasn't like super cheap, but that was sort of what I would have thought. It launched at $89. <laughs> Seriously? It's pretty cheap. Yeah. No way. It was the US launch price which, for the Game which, Boy. Was it? Yeah. Which Game Boy was it? The, the, Game the original Boy. one, the classic one, right? Uh, yeah. I don't believe you. But anyways, <laughs> Neo Geo, I had no idea, but I just thought like, ah, eh, it's it's going to be like, I just knew it would be, I thought it would be cheaper than the other ones. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it would be like two or $300. Um, right. you're, you're wrong. The Neo Geo is often considered the most expensive console to ever launch, <laughs> even without, uh, without uh, considering like inflation. Um, yeah, it actually launched at $649 US. Wow. Wow. Which is a crazy amount of yeah. money. <laughs> All right. The Saturn, I took a shot. Just knowing what consoles cost about that, I, I, I thought it would be like $400, $399. That is spot on. That is correct. I knew, I knew it was overpriced for what it should be. So that was sort of what I guessed. Um, PlayStation mm -hmm. 3, I do believe um, that the, 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 the cheaper of the two was $500, $499. Yeah, I thought that, yeah. Yep, that is correct. And then the th the reason I put the 3DO last is, in my mind, I feel like it was one of those consoles that was sort of like, like more uh, like massively over engineered, and ended up being mm -hmm. like a thousand dollars or something like that. That was that was mm -hmm. what my memory told me, but I don't know if I'm misremembering. You misremembered the amount, but it was the over-engineered, super expensive console. Right. But it, and there's actually some debate. So some of the team that was involved in that said it wasn't as expensive as everyone's saying. So the official suggested retail price, that's why I defined that especially for that 3DO, was actually $699. But most retailers sold it for $599. But the suggested retail price was $699 at launch in the US. Because it was trying to be more than a game console, too. It was one of those, like, yeah. oh, it'll, it'll, we'll have CD ROM and encyclopedias and, and. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So. Well, I wasn't doing very well. The main thing I screwed up on was the Neo Geo then. Yeah, the Neo Geo. So the correct order, just for the record, is Game Boy being the cheapest at $89, then the uh, Sega Saturn at $399, followed by the PlayStation 3 for $499, and then the Neo Geo $649, and the 3DO $699. Well, I, I really didn't do well. Well, I did not do well either. So who wins this one? So Adam, Adam did win. Adam wins because you got, how many did you get right? He got all the orders right, except for the uh, Neo Geo being in the wrong place. Good job. Thank you. All right. So the last two questions are, I mean, it's hard for Marlin to come back. You have to win both of them to, to tie this. Mm -hmm. So the next two questions are regular questions, single answer. Whoever's going first locks it in. What was the first video game console with internal memory? So storage, not, not RAM. So internal memory instead of like what's traditionally like a... The, like a, a memory card that you would insert. Um, 
The four options are A. Nintendo 64 B. Sega Saturn C. GameCube D. Xbox Because I'm not sure and also just f- because it's it, I, I'm a little ahead I'll, I'll let Mullen answer first or I'll give you the option of letting me answer first you can you can decide Remember you have to win two rounds in order to to match Adam's score It's so hard Ah uh, uh, Huh. I need an answer now. Okay. I know this is going to be a trick question. I can... All right. I'll pick first. I picked the Xbox. I feel like it's really late, but I think... I mean, the PlayStation didn't have internal memory. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like Xbox feels like a logical right. one to take the, make in. the step. Adam. Yeah. I am going to pick... I don't actually know the answer, but I'm going to... Guess Sega Saturn, and what I'm basing it on is not that it has actual storage, but that it has some sort of like early um, static RAM that's yeah, that that yeah. persists, you know, like 128 bytes that's just used for like game saves or something like that. Mm. I'm concerned about that too. That it's it's actually a trick question. That's not it's not actually storing it long term in that in the way that we're thinking of it. It is in fact the Sega Saturn, Yay. and it is semi RAM like that. It comes with a battery, uh, like a small uh, watch like battery to to keep keep it powered so it wouldn't lose the game state. But in fact. Uh, rather than previous generations of consoles where if you would move the game f- from your place to your friend's place, the game state would live on a cartridge, right? So you would move that space with you. Or then when CD-based games uh, kind of became a thing that you had a separate memory card. Mm-hmm. The Saturn was the first one where it actually lived on the console. So if you would, uh, as you move the console around, you can replace the games and the game state would be what's stored on a console. Okay. With the trade-off that most people, after some time amount of years, had to replace the batteries on the inside of their console in order to mm. uh, to extend the lifetime of the state, but the procedure of removing the battery deleted all your save games. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a short term. <laughs> Did the GameCube also have internal memory, but it just came later? No, the GameCube also had still memory cards. The next one was the Xbox, which actually had a full okay. hard drive. Because I knew that I knew the Nintendo sixty four had the yeah. those cards you'd put inside so, the yeah. bottom of the controller. Mm. So yeah, close Miss Mullen. The Xbox would have been the very next one. All right, but yeah, the Saturn. <laughs> All right, cool. So Adam, Adam wins this already. Yeah. Uh, so. but we still do the last regular question. How much memory did that Saturn have? Oh. A, 2 megabytes. B, 64 kilobytes. C, 1 megabyte. D, 32 kilobytes. Feel free to answer my question at your own leisure. Sorry, say it again. Say it again. <laughs> A, 2 megabyte. B, 64 kilobytes. C, 1 megabyte. D, 32 kilobytes. You want to have a guess, Adam? I, w- I, w- I have no idea. I'm going to guess uh, 32 kilobytes because it's the smallest number, and I'm assuming okay. that they were trying to cheap out. I was <laughs> going to say B because maybe they are like going for a slightly more. That's why it costs $400 instead more. of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're both wrong. Pick a second one. A. C. And again, Adam <laughs> wins by <laughs> not even oh. saying the correct answer. <laughs> it is, in fact, one megabyte. Uh, of of storage in the Sega Saturn. Sorry, Malin, this was not a good good quiz for you. It's okay. It's okay. But you won 
again the number fact you for know next episode <laughs> i don't i don't i don't want to make it seem like i did this on purpose because i definitely didn't but the number fact actually takes less time to prepare than a quiz Just yeah. dang. <laughs> uh, maybe i won after all yeah and adam you get to be the quiz master of next week yay <laughs> and we definitely have to tweak those uh uh order question yeah. i don't know right. I, that wasn't too bad yeah <laughs> great great rating wasn't too bad <laughs> no no but i i, I, I like uh i like i like the fact that there's more combinations so it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's less likely unless unless we both know the answer it's less likely that mm-hmm. the two people are gonna want to choose and you get a little more time uh mm. i don't know mm. yeah i tried to be a bit more educational this week uh or this month to kind of explain what's going on but i don't know we'll see we'll see that's good. I enjoyed it. We learn and grow. So, Adam, by you the way, won with um, uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, f- fun quiz follow up. Uh, mm-hmm. Wide ocean big jacket uh, got reviewed in uh, Polygon this week. Mm. Mm. Cool. What, what what did they think about it? I didn't read it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> End of follow up. Continue, Kai. <laughs> so that concludes our quiz number three. Adam, five points. Marlon, one. You don't have to say it. (laughs) Adam, three points higher than Marlon, who had three points less than Adam. Cool. That was fun. Very fun. Good one. Should we talk about the game we've been playing? Let's do it. Let's talk about Superhot. Yes. VR. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we all played Superhot on like the the PC slash Max Mac slash Linux version before, but I think we're gonna focus on the on the VR experience just because this is a VR focused episode. I have only played the VR version. Well, look at that. So that <laughs> that, that that helps them. Yes. It was a while ago I played it on the Mac as well. Um, but um, some fun information about this oh, game. You're on a roll for fun yeah, facts. Yeah. No, I'm just going to give a summary. Quiz, uh. <laughs> I'm just going to give a summary to people um, in case they haven't played it and they're interested in knowing what this game is about. Uh, Superhot is an indie game. Um, it's a first-person shooter, uh, but it has a twist in that you play... It's sort of a slow motion sh- first-person shooter. So the time in the game only moves when the character in the game, which is you in VR, um, is moving. Um, and the, apart from that, time is standing still. So you can, if you move slowly, time moves in slow motion. Um, this was um, developed by the Super Hot team. Creative name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they came up with that. Mm-hmm. Um and it was originally released um, in 2016 as mm-hmm. a full game for Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. Before that, they made some early gameplay sort of levels, I think, in 2013. Um, I didn't find too much information about that, but the game itself was available in 2016. Um, and then it became uh, available on Oculus Quest uh, in VR in April 2019. But I mean, but it was ported to in VR before. Yeah, it was ported to PlayStation before that, uh, to PlayStation Portable before that. I assume. Um, I don't know what the date was though. I'm pretty sure the the original VR game was also released late in 2016. Oh really? Hmm. When did you play this, Adam? I played it. I don't know, middle of 2019. Oh okay, okay. Because I think they did some modifications to make it better in VR. 
Yeah, it definitely did not. It was not available for PlayStation VR when PlayStation VR launched, but it was available for other VR systems at that time. And then mm-hmm. we were all excited when it launched on PlayStation VR, but I did not get a chance to to play it until more recently. But it's also Super VR is actually quite a different game. I mean, the concept is the same. It but is. It's it like, is. Yeah. It's not following the same story. There are some other elements. It's yeah, it's definitely shorter and kind of redesigned for VR. Yeah, and I think that's what we've been talking about. It's just like VR has a has different constraints. It's harder to move through a level, so the story is different because mm-hmm. of that. And it feels like this was a really good game adapted to to VR, and it feels. Like it feels like a story, even if it's sort of shorter segments split into like the game is split into shorter segments, and I think it works really well. Um, but I think from now on we will blow a spoiler horn of some kind. So, what did you guys think about this game? To me, it's uh, Beat Saber and Superhot is the uh, one-two punch of VR. I feel like those are the two games that if you've not tried VR, especially room scale. You, you have to try those two mm-hmm. and if if you don't like either of those then probably you're okay to step away from vr for a little bit because i think that is covering a lot of people like enough of what's kind of exciting and interesting of vr mm-hmm. that 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 is almost a must must have title uh, for vr uh, yeah yeah, I agree. I feel like this is a great game to start off with, just to get an idea of what VR is like and what it can be. And I felt like, even if the world looks nothing like ours, it's a white room uh, for most of the time, it feels very immersive. Sometimes they place you at like ledges or like right at the edge of almost falling down something. And you don't want to step past that. And you have like barrels around you that you can take protection behind like move behind to not get shot and it works really well like i could just walk through that barrel if i want to but i didn't and i found that to be a really good indication that the game design worked really well for vr Mm -hmm. Mm. was definitely for me it was the first game i experienced that i was fully immersed in despite its graphical like graphical fidelity is not it doesn't feel photorealistic but i felt a hundred percent immersed i was very much in each of the environments and i was like i was just without even looking i knew where the ashtray was i wanted to throw at someone and i just grabbed on the counter and also interestingly enough realistically you don't have any kind of objects you know the the objects you see in the world are not actually there but i've never had a, a situation where i tried to clip through an object in game space. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would never walk through something. Yeah, because it felt so immersive. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was, for me, was, I think still the most impressive VR experience I've had to this day. Mm. What about you, Adam? You've been quiet. Did you like this game? Uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, definitely. Definitely liked it. Definitely, uh, I'd put it in the, the top tier of VR games that I've played. It's no Astrobot Rescue Mission, but, uh, you know... <laughs> Nothing. Nothing else can be. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's I I really af- appreciate the you know unique, uh, interesting mechanic that I don't know if mm-hmm. I've ever played a game with that mechanic before of of, of time stopping. Um, definitely super fun to twist your body and con- contort it into various ways mm-hmm. to dodge bullets and things like that. Uh, and it does feel like yeah, like that's an experience that 
takes advantage of, of VR and is, I, I know it was adapted from a non VR game, but it really feels like, you know, I don't know. Like you guys played the non VR game. Was it nearly mm-hmm. as fun as the VR version? I mean, the non VR has a lot more traversal. So it's still interesting and it's very different because you move around a lot mm-hmm. more and you see more of the game world and that kind of lends itself to slightly different storytelling. Mm-hmm. But I would still say the, the better version is the VR one. Despite it being the smaller game. Yeah. But just, I mean, the thrill of just a bullet, like literally whizzing inches from your eyes. It's just, there's something thrilling about having just, you know, dodged the bullet, so to speak. Yeah. 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 And I also think it's, yeah, like this type of format with the slow motion movement really lends itself to it. Because, I mean, you wouldn't want to play a non slow mo game, a non slow mo first person shooter. Like it would be very different in VR because you would most likely be shot. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's like I was playing um, Pistol Whip mm-hmm. recently after finishing um, after finishing Superhot, and I for some reason thought that the bullets would be in slow motion. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of are still. They're not. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're not in real time, but it does definitely didn't make it harder. And I think it's a different type of gameplay. And I think I read somewhere that. It is a first-person shooter, but it is a strategic game. Like, Puzzle game, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Right? It's- and I found that to be really interesting as well. Like, you really have to be calculative in your motion and make sure that... Like, sometimes you want the, pe- the enemies to move towards you because you might not have any weapons left <laughs> yeah <laughs> you need to punch but it's them also, out i time. feel like the, the game mechanic and the puzzle concept becomes part of what you accept as the world you're you're now playing in mm-hmm. right you just accept that time doesn't move when you don't move it's just the thing that you learn relatively quickly the game is relatively good at just conveying that to you early on mm. and you accept it as a fact of that world and you you you, you start to adopt your own behavior accordingly right yeah. when you're getting into a new situation you usually kind of super like like a statue just yeah. tilting your head a little bit to trying to see what's going on and trying to to map out what is my what are my steps here to get rid of all the enemies without mm-hmm. myself getting shot and without running out of bullets and yeah. without running out of like things to throw and protect yourself yeah because i think if you play the pc version or the uh, mac version then you're you don't really need to worry about running out of weapon weapons because worst case you could move towards the enemies right mm-hmm. whereas in this you sort of have to be a bit more calculative because if you're not hitting the enemies there were, there were many levels that i just had to restart because i didn't have any more weapons yeah I found I did that was one criticism I have about this game. I found it difficult to throw things in VR and mm-hmm. time yeah. that correctly. Uh, yeah, like did you find any use of the ashtrays? I usually use them for protection. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. I did try to throw things all the time, but um I'm not saying it's uh, an attribute of the game, but I found when I was playing it, I was having lots of uh tracking problems with the PlayStation Move controllers. I mean, it was okay, but mm-hmm. they were just very shaky, which makes things like even even mm-hmm. aiming a gun is kind of hit and miss as far as, you know, mm-hmm. you think you're aiming it at a guy. And yeah, like you said, Mullen, sometimes y- y- through no fault of my own, just bad. Oh, oh, <laughs> of course. You know, like there's some, you know, a guy's two inches away from me and I can't throw oh. an ashtray and hit him. It just kind of falls on the floor and then you're out of stuff and you have to start over sometimes. And I, mm-hmm. I part of that. Maybe there's things that game developers could have done to help the tracking, but also maybe that's just VR growing pains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I definitely felt like I, it didn't seem like that there was tr a tracking issue. It was just when you throw something while you're moving in slow motion, your release point is kind of getting mm. wacky. Because you don't want to throw it too fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because you don't want to move fast, right? So yeah. you're kind of you moving kind of slow. But yeah. Yeah. So I felt more that it was a disconnect between slow motion and a throwing motion more so than it was a tracking issue. I felt like the thing kind of did move where I let it go. It's just hard to say in in this slow motion game, are you currently static because, you know, time stopped mm -hmm. or because your arm stopped moving forward? And it is a hard distinction, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I felt like I, I got to a point where I kind of followed through with my throws more. Okay. So it's like I throw where I want to, let go, but keep moving the hand in the direction of my throw. And that kind of fixed the problem for me. Mm. Okay. But it felt more like a workaround than a like good throwing motion. Again, yeah. if we're comparing that to two-minute drill, the football game, uh, throwing just felt, feels really good. It okay. feels like throwing a ball or throwing oh, okay. something in, in, in the real world. Because for me, it wasn't that much about uh, like the flight of the object itself. The problem was more the aim of the object, like what direction I actually ended up releasing it in. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying, right? I I kind of try to almost. It was more like a, a curling type of situation where I kind of moved the object in the direction I wanted to fly, but it kind of I try to make a straight movement, then let go of the object, and then it would keep that trajectory, and that kind of helped with the aim. While I wouldn't do like the overhead throws that I would do maybe if I would really be in a situation where I have to throw someone, uh, throw a trash ashtray at someone <laughs> to save mm -hmm. my life. Right. Um, but I, I totally agree. It's, it's a bit probably the weakest part of the kind of in world interaction, but, mm. uh, not related to tracking. Just for me, it was kind of a disconnect of mm. game world and, and motion. Okay. But yeah, like in worst case, you protect yourself with Ash, right? That works too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but overall, like the, the, the kind of concept of having objects around you to, to kind of throw, I th still think despite the throwing not always being perfect it still felt thrilling to know like yeah. all right you see this bullet coming at you and you're like oh no and you just make it stuck <laughs> yeah. underneath it and then just flick like a ninja star at the enemy that exactly hits it it just yeah. there's nothing in in first person that i've played that felt more satisfying than having this last yeah. like it was your last chance right it was the last object that was yeah. within an area mm. and you just through it, no matter if it was by accident or or by your uh, perfect uh, throwing accuracy at the enemy, it just felt super satisfying. Yeah. Mm. See, what I found to be like the, that type of satisfaction is when you don't have any weapons left, but one of the enemies have a weapon, and you like you use your last bullets to get rid of that enemy, and then that enemy drops the gun, and mm. you're like catching it in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. That's catching really is cool. great. Yeah. Yeah, I but like also just a game mechanic, right? Usually, if guns wouldn't fly in your direction when you shoot someone, yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. game mechanic that they just happen to always fly your way. Yeah. yeah, sometimes I don't know. I don't think it was. Maybe I don't know if it was intentional. Sometimes they happen to land just out of reach for me, and I don't know if that was too short arms. No, I don't know if that was because no, it was like that was actually where our physical wall was. So that uh. was where our like barrier ended. And I don't know if that was intentional or if that was just like it had I been a little so. bit mismapped. Mm. But I like had to like really try to reach and sometimes I even went through like if I knew there wasn't a wall there, if it was just like we had a couch there, I tried to like still grab mm -hmm. 
across and still get it. But like sometimes it was like they landed just out of reach. And mm. that was, I think that's probably one problem of it not being like, it, like the, 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 the PC and Mac game that would be that would allow you to walk around a bit more, but this is a bit more limited. I, think it's I don't more of an think that was problem. a yeah. I don't think there was a problem. Fix yeah. That problem. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, overall, this was a really cool game for me, and I recommend everyone who who has a VR headset to play it. Yeah, I think it's one like Beat Saber and and this. They're kind of the killer apps on that platform at the moment. Mm. I mean, there are other good games, but I feel like those are must must experience kind of games if you care about games yeah um but also certain things like you know there are, there are elements where you i don't know they're forcing you to like jump off a building have you jump off a building yeah you're kind of at some point it tells you to jump i don't know if either oh, of you yeah remember i remember that. that i don't remember that i remember the ones when they tell you to shoot you hold a gun to your head. Yeah, and shoot yourself. Pull the yeah. trigger. Yeah, I did not like that. <laughs> I don't know. That felt really... It was really impressive. Like, because it feels so immersive, the way that mm-hmm. they are playing with that it really makes it feel... Uh, I don't know. It feels like a plot of, like, a game where VR has... Uh, a plot of a movie where VR went really wrong and everyone in the society just killed themselves. <laughs> um, but I also <laughs> remember you... I was in a different room when you played... And you're like, oh no, yeah. that can't be what they want. And you're like, you're, you're like, Kai, uh, what do I do when I'm in the room with a gun? <laughs> yeah, that's surely that's not. not. <laughs> surely they don't want me to kill myself. Well, and that's interesting because it to me that felt very wrong. Not not just from the sense of like logic, but like just even though it was a virtual gun. Yeah, actually putting against my head and pulling the trigger that, that that's like like no like there was a part of me it was just like I, maybe i should just quit playing now not not because yeah. yeah, like, i'm horrified but just you it, vr can be that immersive that it just yeah. it, your brain can't make the connection that no this is yeah. this is fake yeah way, like I your instinct is that that should not be a thing you want to like you, you should be doing and that just uh, that just really shows how good the game is. Yeah. I think. Mm. But yeah, it's it's really a sign of immersion. Mm. That, because otherwise, you wouldn't care, right? If that would be a non VR game, and it's like push A to to shoot yourself, you're like, okay, a, moving on. Yeah, it's well, still in VR. You're like, away, but <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, in VR, you're like, oh shit, I see what they want me to do. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no way to you know. In general, I think that room was in in certain segments. You kind of beam back into your your kind of small hacker room yeah yeah there's this one towards the end when you hear someone outside of the door like you're always in there by yourself <laughs> no. and you kind of like <laughs> put in your 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 floppy disk and whatever and it's kind of creepy room but whatever but then you hear someone knocking at the door and, and you look over and it, it was so i was so terrified <laughs> yeah and i was like there's no way like i i didn't really know what to expect i knew that someone would come in and then i knew that I'm not going to be able to leave this. Like, I, I'm not going to be able to run through the corridor yeah. and just get, like, r- run away from whoever is out there. I got to have And you don't have a this. gun and you don't yeah. have any way. Yeah. And it's not, not a game world. You know, you're kind yeah. of in those two worlds. One, the real world moves even if you're not moving, right? And it's kind of this contrast where, like, everything still moves on and you can see your computers flickering and those kind of things. Mm. So you're like, I'm also kind of defenseless in this world. Yeah. And then yeah. you look over at the door. And then the door just opens, and somehow that, that terrified me. I was like, uh, my watch told me that I have a very high heart rate. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it's it's just it's like I think those it's one of the creepy dolls from guilt hiding behind the door (laughs) but like a hundred times more like despite me being already immersed in in guilt that just felt it vr is the only platform that i've tried that can evoke a door opening being so terrifying to me (laughs) yeah yeah and i think that is showing how how strong of an experience you could have from vr i think also in general, I do remember things in the real world better than in video games or in TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes I watch a TV show and I really like it, but I forget what happened last season. Like, I, yeah. I just forgot. Mm-hmm. VR sticks a lot more with me. Like, I, I could... I probably remember every single um, Super Hunt level. And I remember most Beat Saber songs and I remember all the different teams I would play in... That's interesting. Two-minute drill. Yeah. It's just those experiences, you cannot really turn mm. like when you watch something or play something sometimes your mind kind of goes into an idle mode where you think about something else but you're still playing the game part mm-hmm. in vr i've never had that i've hmm. never had a that i lost attention to what i was in mm-hmm. because it it fundamentally seems to trigger more like it feels like it has a, a, m- impacting more parts of my brain simultaneously than than flat yeah. games do and i think that is kind of in a way it feels nuts how much more <laughs> impactful that is on me mm-hmm. and it feels like i'm more like i'm i'm i usually don't have that i'm exhausted after playing a game but in vr i'm like if there's a t- like a exciting scene despite in in super hot it's not like you're running around right conceptually mm-hmm. it's about moving slow but i still after the after a gaming session i'm like Whew, <laughs> i gotta i gotta come down now because yeah. it was so immersive and it wouldn't you know anything could have happened outside i wouldn't while i'm playing i wouldn't hear like sirens that go off like when there's a police car driving by well if i would play a normal game i would hear that but it's just i'm a lot more tuned into that and i think that is how nice that uh hmm. the gadgets made by the company that facebook owns uh <laughs> can ca- give you that experience where things get stuck in your brain uh right isn't that fun yeah it's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a bright new world of <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i i mean it's in a way i wonder if if sometimes that's overestimated how much of an impact that has you know like the the, the kind of what what is it called uh the very famous movie and book about vr mm, yeah a ready, ready player, player one, one. yeah yeah i think that is definitely a world we probably won't see I, I don't see we're getting to a point where people live in VR, but it's it's definitely it does seem to have a different type of impact, yeah, at least yeah. on me than than any other game. And at the moment, I enjoy that, but I it can definitely also uh, be harmful. Because I, I like now we're getting a little way off of super hot, but I some of those uh, demos and things you can play in VR that's just you sitting on the beach doing nothing Mm -hmm. like i actually really enjoy that sometimes like it's it's (laughs) it's, there is something to be said that maybe it's just because it's novel but right now i'd say at least half of my enjoyment of vr has nothing to do with the gameplay it has to do with just being immersed in a cool world period Mm. regardless of what i'm doing uh Mm. which which is cool because that's probably how they you know sell systems mm. initially um maybe I'll, that'll grow tiresome but for now i just i just like being in these cool places uh, it's fun mm. 
But it's also, it can be, like, at the moment, Mon and I, we work a lot, right? Long hours every day. And it's just also nice to have a way where you're, like, you you go somewhere else for a little bit as a, as a way of, like... Change of scenery. <laughs> yeah, but because, like, flat games, I often f- feel like I'm still thinking about what I'm working on mm-hmm. or what mm-hmm. I want to work on tomorrow and those kind of things. And I feel like VR I, <laughs> might be an indication of uh, unhealthy work uh, behavior and, and yeah. otherwise, but it just is a really good way of like focusing on that thing completely. Like I also have that from sports. Like when I play basketball, it's not that I'm like playing basketball while thinking about work. It's like very right. much focused on that thing. Yeah. And I think just being doing something rather than just being where you are otherwise and doing something with your hands, like actually feeling like you're there does have a different impact. Mm. And I do wonder if that might also be beneficial. Like sitting at the beach in VR is more relaxing than sitting in, you know, than not sitting at a beach in VR. Mm. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'd rather be at the real like, beach, but yeah. sometimes but I if find, I yeah, I just load up the yeah, demo yeah. and just kind of hang out mm. and be like, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, but also a lot of those kind of simple things in VR mm, are still fun and enjoyable. Like I, I played a lot of time with the with one of the Oculus Quest demos where you just have blocks that you can throw around and they mm. just... Sh- come back and like they just appear in front of you again i spent like a good 20 minutes throwing blocks <laughs> <laughs> and it's just i don't know it's 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 a very different experience mm. and and support obviously with an actual game that's not just a demo kind of uh, expands on that a lot and is therefore more engaging but mm. i don't know it might also be i don't know if that's necessarily bad i think that might actually be beneficial for you to to use i don't know to be more engaged in what you're yeah, doing yeah. sure and yeah. if that's by force or by by choice but it's like it is a more engaging place because you use more of your body you use more of your your kind of attention towards that and i think that's kind of could be could be positive so how do you guys feel about the end of this game the end is basically you becoming part it says destroy destroy the pyramid and there's a there is a black pyramid you have to destroy, I think, mm-hmm. which is the one coming up to you in the corridor, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then you sort of become part of the machine, and you're like coming to this like th- third dimension world. How do you guys feel about this? I feel like perhaps did I actually finish the game? Because this doesn't <laughs> oh, no. sound familiar. It kind of <laughs> it kind of does, but yeah, I don't I don't remember. You know how you kind of get those superpowers at some point during the game. Yes. Where you can kind of use your two mm. hands to, to do things. First of all, I didn't use that a lot. No, me neither. Like, I, I didn't like that. I uh, think it was cool when you needed it, but... I'd forget. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, I, I'd forget to use the power. Oh! Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I also had a tendency to forget that. And it just didn't feel as fun. It's like, like yeah, I, I rather... it's, it's no ashtray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So do you um, remember what actually happened? Was it like you 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 have to use this power to destroy like a giant pyramid or was it just a pyramid in the corridor? No, I think it's actually you touch the one um isn't it that the the door opens, the pyramid flies at you, you yeah. grab that, you that's when you get the gun. Yeah. Then you shoot yourself. Again. Yeah, this is the second time you shoot yourself. This is in real world in the VR game. Like this is in your office. Before that, you've been shooting yourself in in the VR, in the VR. But isn't that the very last thing? Uh, That's what the I big thought pyramid too. Pyramid before that. I think the big pyramid is first. You get rid of that big pyramid. You get into a room because you 
been beating the game, then the pyramid is like a small miniature pyramid is actually in your room. You get the pyramid that gives you a gun and then you shoot yourself and then you get to like a third world, which is everything is sort of red, like a red color. I do not recall a third world. Jesus. What I remember. I thought you said it's so immersive and you remember it all when you play it. But I don't know what third world you're talking about. No, it's like it's the same room, but everything has a bit of a different lighting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's more like the. You now. You can now restart the game. It's more like you, you, get a, you unlock the extra game modes and stuff. Yeah, but all the computers around you say something like part of the machine, and the computer is like saying those words become part of the machine or something. So you're like sort of. I always felt that meant that you were like part of the Aren't simulation. Aren't they saying you're now free or something? Isn't it the idea that you the only way to disconnect is you shooting yourself? Our enthusiastic uh, recommendation of super hot VR is becoming more uh, more iffy. <laughs> but I mean, in general, trust I us. Recommend- whatever the ending is, we enjoyed it, <laughs> and you should play this game. So that's why I want to talk about this, because my interpretation of this was that you kill yourself and then you sort of becoming part of the world. Like, you become part of the machine but in why? some way. Why would you become part of the machine? Like- I don't know, because the screens are telling you that. <laughs> the screens say part of uh. us or, or part of the machine. It's something. Gosh, okay, I gotta, we got to go back to this. Okay, so uh, for me, my recollection is Big Pyramid... You you use your superpower to yeah. rip it apart. I, Didn't I think care we for both that. Agree with that. Yeah. Then you're back in the room. The door opens. Pyramid flies at you. Mm. You grab it like you were trained to. But that's the first time you grab the pyramid in the real world rather than mm-hmm. in the game world. Instead of just kind of zooming you to the next one, uh, it gives you a gun. Now you're holding a gun. You mm-hmm. cannot drop it. It's just stuck to your hand, and it says something like you you know what you should do or you know what to do or something like that. Yeah. You shoot yourself. Then it says, like, super hot, super hot. And then you're getting back into the the spawn world and saying you're free or your freedom, something like that. And then it's like, insert whatever disc you want to replay or change game mode. That's my recollection. But don't you insert it in your head at some point? Insert what? You insert a disc into your head at some point. (laughs) I think you played a different game, Alex. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't remember the ending, I guess. Either way, the story... I like your way, because that's more explanatory, (laughs) but I felt like they said something that you're part of the machine, but maybe I I misunderstood that. I also don't mind replaying it, but I'm pretty sure that that's what what happened. Hmm. Um, But you're not playing this game for the story. You're playing it for for the entire experience, and it's it's a very unique experience. The story is kind of... You don't need to even care Mm -hmm. for it to be a very enjoyable game, and I think that's a good sign. That means the gameplay is great. It is still pushing some boundaries, like when you jump off a building or if when it forces you to shoot yourself. I think those are still um, very engaging moments and very kind of like as far as the story kind of being focused on evoking emotion, it does that throughout what it kind of makes you do to yourself. But I don't think it's a story that 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 needs to be interpreted like that doesn't need like a a long form essay of explaining it i think that's not what this game is Mm. trying to achieve cool all right (laughs) all right cool Cool. i'm glad i got the ending (laughs) (laughs) now i kind of want to play a game Uh, yeah yeah, we should should try it again Uh, yeah but yeah like i said play it for the experience yeah it's great Cool. Any final wor- words apart from you confusing us about the ending right, yeah. of the game we all rave about? <laughs> um, just yeah, play Super Hot VR. Maybe maybe 
Play it twice is our recommendation. (laughs) Write to us on Twitter and tell us how it actually ends. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome. Yeah. And if anyone wants to get in touch with us, uh, we do have a Twitter account. We will link to it in the show notes. Um, Yeah. Feel free to send us a message. Um, And if you enjoy the show, please give us five stars on wherever you're listening to your podcasts. Mm. Mm. Whatever the max amount of stories on that platform is. <laughs> yeah. You got to be precise. That's right. <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah, we are super exciting. I'm looking forward to see what, what Sony does next with the PlayStation 5 and mm. those kind of things. And also what Facebook is doing, despite me not aligning with a lot of their company policies. Otherwise, I do think they they have resources and engineering to, to push uh, VR forward as mm. they've done with the quest and i think that's that's very exciting to see mm. and good to have competition in that space that try to make more emerging more interesting more unique and otherwise not as accessible gaming experiences yeah yeah good time for for gaming cool all right then talk to you to next time time all right <laughs> talk to you next time <laughs> Super hot.